0: and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Reagan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality
1: TV. 100%.
0: Hey guys, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. I am here in my office and Reagan is here in her car how are you doing I'm good, Reagan? I'm good I brought
1: the ring light today I'm all lit up in the car but I'm glad I'm farther away from the computer because you can't see what's going on right here oh. with none of the makeup well listen, and the glasses I think you always look beautiful Reagan oh
0: thank you listen I'm here to be your cheerleader <laughs> babe um
1: how's your week been you know what? It's It's been all right. I had another uh, kiddo stay home sick from school for three days. We had to do another COVID test, but he's back in school now because we got another negative. So I think that's just the way this year is going to go. Like any sort of cough or symptoms, we just have to go to the doctor, get a COVID test, and then we can go back to school. I love so. the way
0: that you make it sound so easy to get COVID test. I don't know if you've been following the news, but here in the UK, COVID tests um, are like unicorns essentially really oh it's ridiculous i don't there's some clusterfuck going on nobody's really owning up or fessing up but there are massive testing centers that are empty with people in them ready to do tests but when you go onto the government website to get a test there are no tests so like nobody can get a fucking you just can't get a test unless you pay for it and that's 130 quid to pay for it so it's oh that's insane ridiculous
1: that's crazy yeah I mean I don't know what the status of I mean obviously Tatus had two in two months so we must have them um but obviously we you know we pay for every visit so maybe yeah. that's what's covering everything
0: maybe that's what it is either way it's who knows fuck. um but yeah we've got a we've got another three show week which is uh, good for us yeah. nice easy week we can chill out easy, a little breezy. bit um absolutely And I had, I mean, my week was great. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) How was your week, Kat? Oh, I'm so pleased that you asked. Um, It was fine. Actually, it was fine. I mean, we had, I'm nearly, I nearly am at the point where I have two kids in school for the same time. Both still doing half days and I'm still at school three times a day, which is kind of irritating. But as of Monday they are both in the same school for the same amount of time
1: that's incredible you've hit like the unicorn of parenting cuz my kids are still while they're both in school they're still at separate schools until next year yeah so it's still like an hour two hours a day of just pick up and drop offs but but,
0: but you know i'm only taking literally every day at a time i'm i'm living Absolutely. the anxiety of living on a knife edge and waiting for the text message to come through from school that says Your kid has to isolate for two weeks is just... Right. Like, I can't even... I'm drinking my way through lockdown. It's not healthy, but it's working.
1: No, it's so insane. I feel like I'm making a million little mistakes all the time like last weekend I went to drop something off at the UPS store I turned wide and the front of my car hit like a handicap railing yeah so now my car has to go into the shop next week and it's just like little bullshit things like that that never happen but like I think it's because we're all so overwhelmed with fucking everything that those kind of things are just happening
0: and it's yeah and it is overwhelmed but it's it's for me, it's that living on a knife edge. It's like, I don't, like, today is fine, but come tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen. Come Monday, I don't know if both of my kids are going to be in school. They probably, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm always waiting for the, the, like, the guillotine to fall. And that I find quite exhausting because I can't really relax.
1: No, I feel I feel like people who are planners are probably having the most trouble with all of this. Yes. I really thrive in a scheduled, <laughs> <too>. disciplined environment. <laughs> and that is why all the shit is hitting the fan, because there is nothing structured. There's nothing disciplined. I went on a whole thirty last month just so I could have some sort of fucking structure in my life and cut out like dairy and gluten. Oh my god, I
0: looked at that whole thirty thing after you mentioned it. I was like, Jimmy, do, do you think we should do whole thirty, right? Megan's done it. It's really good. It's like cleansing and it's like resets. great. Let's do it. And I looked at it. I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I was like, there's no, <laughs> there's no fucking way I am well, going to you- stick to that because that's not the routine. In my mind, I feel like yeah. I want to be this like really free spirit, easy going, go with the flow girl. Um, but when that happens, it freaks me the fuck out. And I want some fucking rules and boundaries and a schedule but I still want to be able to eat pasta, dairy and drink wine so that, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's only 30 days. Um, but yeah, it just, I felt like I had some sort of structure. It's probably a little more difficult for you guys being vegetarian than it is. for So for me, it's just like, oh, I can have steak and I can eat chicken thighs again. And those are fucking delicious. So Yeah, to brilliant. be fair, that
0: was a kind, that was also the the thing as well, because you yeah. can't have any soy or anything like that. So I was like, well, l- literally all we can eat is fish and veg
1: Yeah. So it put us off. Anyway, um No, fair enough. But if you're a meat eater, it's quite nice.
0: But yeah, I might go back to meat. Jimmy's listening to this going, What are you talking about? You might go back to meat. I saw you fucking (laughs) jumping down on sausages (laughs) two days ago. (laughs) I was gonna try and continue the vegetarian lie, but frankly it's I have slipped off the wagon
1: that's so funny that like invisible jimmy because he edits this podcast is like keeping you honest you're like i might as well come clean now like i can't even lie because he's gonna call me out even though he's not gonna edit this for a couple of days and i would never know i'm
0: too fucking honest i'm too honest (laughs) uh anyway should we get on with the shows
1: yeah let's start with uh the real housewives of potomac hang on before we do that before we do that yeah
0: we would we always forget to do this but let's do it at the top because we do forget um could you please rate and review us go to itunes just spend five minutes rating and reviewing us because basically that's how it gets us out there and it gets us onto those like top podcast things we go up the rankings and then we get on the pages where everybody can see us and then it all works out and all this lovely work that we do every week uh to bring you our joyous podcast, which we do think is pretty joyful, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. It's a lot of fun. It makes us laugh. I hope we make you laugh.
0: Yeah. So for that, just go, rate, review. You know, that's all we're asking. So with that said,
1: Potomac. Excellent. Let's get on to uh, The Real Housewives of Potomac. Wow. I mean, the show just keeps bringing it. I... It's
0: a lot. I mean, I feel like... I mean, I think we just have to launch into the Ashley-Michael conversation because we have Candice singing a song, but we don't... I mean, she sings a song. Done. Um, Right. And then we see Candice... No, Ashley and Michael going out for dinner. And this is obviously like crisis talks, right? This is like a summit has been called and they are now discussing what is essentially his infidelity.
1: Well, absolutely. Because originally it was just going to be a chat about this text message and the stuff that she got. And then this picture hits the tabloids like we touched on last week. So it's it's the, the Camp David, as Americans will get that reference, it's the Camp David talk of Michael's infidelities. Um, The GS Summit. And I
0: think it's really smart because I was like, it's a bit weird that they've come out to a restaurant to discuss this. But she sort of explains it and says, listen, I didn't want to do it with baby Dean in the house. Fair enough. Um, And this may keep us a little bit more civil being out in public. But then somebody on Instagram made the very clever point of saying, also this way, she has got it all on film so Ooh. i was like that's really clever because imagine down the line right if he does it again and she does leave him and we have to go through divorce proceedings she's got all this shit evidenced
1: absolutely no i didn't even think about i that.
0: didn't she's a smart Wow. Cooking. i went. not yeah. Um, yeah it's I, I thought it was really impressive and actually really smart but she doesn't give him an easy ride on it either and I don't know about you, but I felt like this was the first time I saw Michael really ruffled by like really kind of what's the word I'm looking like his feathers were ruffled, do you know what I mean? By the whole process Absolutely. of filming and all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, well, I think he didn't expect her to kind of really call him out in public. Like he thought maybe this was just like a filming exercise versus the actual talk. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like so oh, you we're gonna think go he talk did- for filming. I think she caught him off guard. Like I thought that he thought, okay, well we're going to go film this thing. So she's not going to go super in depth. Like she'll, we'll have a talking, I'll explain it away or whatever. And I think, because this is really the first time Ashley's ever been kind of honest about like the threesomes in their relationship and you know, them not necessarily being a traditional married couple. Yeah, well, she breaks away from the
0: party line, right? And I think Michael's always relied on this kind of... There's a certain amount of... There's a boundary in our marriage between what we say on camera and what we don't. And I think his infidelities always fell behind that boundary. Like, whatever we say behind closed doors is fine, but as far as they're concerned, it's a united front. And I think maybe you're right, I didn't even think about that, that he was... Maybe just thought he was fulfilling some sort of filming requirement and right. had no idea that she was going to air this publicly. That makes a, quite a lot of sense.
1: I think that's what flustered him, and that got him, like, a little verklempt. Like, he was just... I mean, because he talks to production, he breaks that fourth wall or whatever, and, you know, tells them that it's its all been a bit too much, and he needs to stop, and no. they don't...
0: Oh baby. He's such oh, a baby. I mean, come such on. He's a like, motherfucking baby. But also, I feel like this is the first time... We've had such evidence from his infidelities that he could not deny, there was no no explaining this one away. It wasn't just hearsay, it wasn't his word against somebody else's. He was in a hotel room with somebody he should not have been in a hotel room with. And I think this was the first time he's not
1: been able to control a narrative. Totally, totally. A hundred percent, because I mean, like with last season, he was able to kind of spin some of the things that he's done and there wasn't sufficient evidence to prove what he had done. So he kind of got away with everything that happened last season. And I mean, he tries like the whole. So what does he tell her? Like. Oh, I you know, I did take her back to the hotel because I was craving it, but then I just fell asleep. Oh. Like I think he's doing the thing that we call, that we thought he would do a couple weeks ago where he'll tell her a little something and try to like smooth it over but not tell her the whole story.
0: Yeah, I mean, two things to say about that. It's never an acceptable excuse to blame a lack of sex post baby on your affair like that isn't a justifiable excuse especially when the reason you are not having sex is because your poor wife has been split from a to b like you don't then say well you know we weren't having sex so i had to go and find it somewhere else no like why is this an acceptable theory and then i've forgotten the second thing i was going to say but The point is, he's just, there's just no way for him to talk his way out of that. And I don't think he likes being in that position.
1: No. And I think Ashley, being a smart woman, doesn't actually believe that he just kissed her and went to sleep.
0: No. I mean,
1: no. I mean, no.
0: I just hope that she... Do you think that that is perhaps the line that she's maintaining? Like, she knows, obviously, that something went, but she's going to allow him to kind of
1: just cop to the kissing. Um, I think she's going to allow him to cop to the kissing, but I I feel like I truly believe her when she says, this is it. If this happens again, we're done. Hmm. Like no more threesomes. Like we're not doing that shit anymore. We're back to being a traditional couple. This is it.
0: And his response to that as well is like, oh, the fun's over. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, to be you fair, do. that happened as soon as baby Dean like splashed right. down Earthside. But, um, but yeah, really, that's, that is your worry right now, that you don't get to have like fun threesomes anymore. Not that your marriage might be crumbling around you or that Ashley's really struggling with postpartum depression or that you've got a brand new baby. Those things aren't important to you. But I loved yeah. it. And his face when she said, well, to be clear, we're not staying together for Dean. Like that's not happening. You know, there was visible shock on his face and I admired her for that. I just hope that she means it.
1: Right. No, I totally agree with you because I think a lot of people stay in really messed up situations because they think it's better for the children when it's actually kind of the exact opposite. It's far worse for your kids to stay together with bullshit than it is just to go out and be on your own. Well, you can have happier kids with single parents. I think. I, I mean, I, I agree,
0: and I think two happy homes is better than one miserable home. Um, yeah. That being said, I haven't been divorced. I mean, I've nearly been no. divorced, but I haven't quite been divorced. Uh, and my parents were divorced, but they, you know, they were both on their second marriage. But I, I just think that staying together for children is a really terrible idea.
1: Well, it's a, t- it's a terrible legacy, I think, to pass on to your children, because they are always going to grow up thinking your relationship was either normal, and so those are the relationships that they seek out, or be really fucked, and they're going to be resentful of you for not sorting out the situation.
0: Because I think it's really easy to forget as parents that, that you're modeling a loving relationship for your kids, whatever that looks like. So if your kids grow up with a loving relationship looking like something that's passive aggressive or just aggressive aggressive or unkind or, you know, unsafe or whatever it is, then that's what they go ahead to emulate because they have never seen anything else. And I think that's a responsibility that every parent has to own and be. Be mindful of, because you can model great relation you can model a great co-parenting relationship without having to be together, and that doesn't do that doesn't burden them with this kind of legacy of a really toxic version of a relationship and I think that's what we have to be really careful to avoid and that's always something between Jimmy and I that I've been really conscious of. So as I say, I really admire Ashley. I just really hope that she
1: means it. Agreed. Agreed.
0: Um now I'm about to get some feisty shit going <laughs> on because let's talk about Monique. Ugh.
1: Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'm gonna start. I cannot Go for it. fucking stand
0: that she has this blog called Not for Lazy mums. And when I first heard about this blog, which was like way back when she first joined, whatever it was, I didn't like it then either. But I didn't like it because if I'm honest, like I felt a bit triggered by it. Like I felt a bit attacked. I felt a bit like, oh, just because I'm not mixing up essential oils and, you know, whatever it is, then I'm a lazy mum. Yeah. Now, like I've grown and I've evolved and I can recognize when I'm being reactive. Like, that's fine. I do I'll do me, you do you. But now I'm angry on behalf of all the other mums that feel that may feel put down or judged by what Monique is doing because I see it all the time on Instagram. Like I see this shit happening all the time. And actually I feel like we're so much more evolved than that. And for her to be putting this idea out there that there is a such a thing as a, a lazy mum it's just so fucking infuriating, it and so anti feminist and so fucking undermining of the sisterhood that I it makes me rage.
1: It's bullshit. She chose that name for for an exact reason, and the exact reason was because she does think there are lazy moms out there. Yes. One hundred percent. That's what she's it's she not thinks. meant to uplift anybody, nope. it's meant to shame people. Yeah, There like you said, there is there is no lazy moms on the fucking planet at all and for you to think that you are the person everybody needs to be following and you are the expert on you know what is or is not a lazy mom makes you a fuckhead
0: well and let's be honest it's a lot easier to be a um a monique mom you know it's a lot easier to be mixing up your essential oils and pureeing organic food and fucking potty training your kid at and bird. Uh, and bird at nine months old when you've got a shit ton of support and a load of money behind you. Like there are Absolutely. some mums who are fucking working three jobs and... If they have to throw some cowpole down a kid's throat and send them to childcare, then that's the what the fuck they have to do. And that doesn't make them lazy mums. And this pisses me off. So, And it's this pitting of women against women. And, yeah. and she's reinforcing this old-fashioned fucking bullshit every time that blog is mentioned. And it I can't tell you how angry I am about it.
1: No. I haven't even checked it out. Like I haven't, I haven't looked at it. I don't, I think I looked at it right when it first came out, which was like a few years ago and then immediately shut it down because according to her, I probably was a lazy mom, but, um, I don't like for me, I, I have to wonder like how much of the shit that she's always preaching does she actually do? And maybe this is mom shaming right now. And maybe I'm just as guilty of her for that. But like, I have a big problem with really successful women who are obviously working their asses off telling everybody else that they're not doing enough because they're not like at home and using essential oils and like the organic food and teaching them all themselves and never sending them off. I mean, she doesn't do that. No, she has help.
0: Of course, she does. I mean, I'm just looking at it now because I yeah know, yeah I felt like I wanted to. She's got how to make yeah. homemade baby food, um and then she has you go a- to a
1: store. Well, yeah. you buy the baby food. That's <laughs> she homemade also has, baby food.
0: She also has a picture of um this woman. I don't know, erin Washington, who's holding. Uh, a dumbbell and a, and a skinny margarita with a six-pack that goes on for days because that's going to make new mums feel fucking awesome about themselves, Fuck isn't it? Um, you.
1: That's uh, so bullshit. It's
0: such bullshit. Homemade Play-Doh. Uh, go to the store, buy the Play-Doh. Uh, yep. How to sneak in exercise on your summer vacation. I don't know about you, Reagan, but I'm more likely to be sneaking in a margarita on my summer
1: vacation. Um, Hell Yeah fill that flask baby oh
0: there's a whole uh, maintaining there's a whole section called maintaining mummy which is all about getting mummy back into shape after having a baby
1: uh yeah I don't I don't want any part of this whatsoever how to get the snapback you deserve I mean
0: this shit is is dangerous it's fucking dangerous and if there are vulnerable new mums, on this website then it's criminal they're gonna feel like wrong it's wrong and you know what Monique you should know better and you should do better
1: absolutely if you guys want to follow um someone on Instagram that is the complete opposite of this but gives like really great momming advice a there's loads of them but um Kat I think you wrote part of the book with her is it called a mother place oh yeah She's awesome. Yeah, she's brilliant. And, like, she's doing this whole thing right now about actually showing real mom bodies and, like, embracing the real mom stomach versus this fucking bullshit about having a six-pack and... Snapping back. What have you? Yeah. Like, she's doing some really cool body-positive stuff for moms. I noticed that the other day.
0: Well, and I think this is what frustrates me the most, is that actually when I first became a mum, there was a lot of this Monique Samuel shit around. Like there was a Mm. lot. And since then, I feel like there has been a change in the tide and people are talking more honestly and they are opening up and being more vulnerable and allowing people to recognize that actually it's not about snapping back and it's not about fucking making homemade Play-Doh. It's about doing what you can do and being good enough
1: at this I definitely feel like the tide has moved the other way and so if nothing else this kind of shows just how out of touch Monique kind of is with like the new mom culture because new moms are not this way anymore like we're about you know just doing what we all need to do it could look one way for one person it looks a different way for another and that's all fucking okay
0: a hundred percent and that's what it is it's just so fucking old school and this is it's just bad Uh, you know let's not go on about it because it's literally sending my blood pressure raging right and it's not helping that she's also being a twat on the show
1: no (laughs) i was gonna say exactly like it probably would be different if she was really trying to like grow and make new relationships (laughs) like we've seen Ashley do, like we've seen Candace do, like we've seen pretty much everybody, Giselle. Everybody's been trying to have better, more deeper connections with each other, except for Monique. Well, and this is the thing. She's completely blind to the whole
0: thing and she doesn't want to change. She's so narrow-minded and so judgmental that we're starting to see it ripple out into the friendship group and I'm, you know what, honestly, I'm as surprised as anybody that this is a side to Monique that we're seeing this season, but maybe it's just that you can only keep that shit hidden for so long before it boils over and I think we're seeing the real Monique and I don't like it. I don't like anything about her right now.
1: No, I totally agree. I feel like all those little boxes of resentments that she's been putting on the shelves, like the shelves are full, so the shit's starting to fall off and it's starting to come out and she's, You know, like we've talked a lot about like, you know, maybe she's feeling a little bit of the overwhelms and, you know, that's really hard for someone who's so controlling. And I'm sure she's going through all that shit, like with the rumors and with all this stuff. And, but if this is the real her, like, I'm so not interested.
0: Well, and I appreciate you trying to give her some credit and, you know, perhaps empathize with her. And and I don't think you're wrong at all. I think she is suffering from a case of the overwhelms, but let's not forget that this not for lazy mums has been up and yeah. running
1: for a long, long time. Absolutely. And yeah, no, is, it 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 does not excuse that at all.
0: No, it doesn't. And her behavior, I think, yes, there's something going on. I think there's something going on. Um, but just look at other people, you know, look at what Robin was going through with yeah. Juan and the boys and all of that shit show when they lost all of that money and she didn't behave like a twat and look at ashley she's going through some quite serious postpartum depression and she's not even i mean she's like it's almost elevating her like it's she's it's fucking bullshit that that you can behave like this consistently and get away with it because it's it's just not nice and everything even she's not even nice to chris when they're walking in the park the way that she's speaking to him there's no possibility in her mind that she is even a little bit wrong or her perspective is out of whack or not. There's no, there's no possibility of that for her. And it's just so awful to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with all of that. And I wonder what Wendy, what Wendy would say, because Wendy's kind of dealing with her own kind of choice of life after having a baby as well. Like, I wonder if, I wonder what Wendy would say about the not for lazy moms. I think she would think it's a bunch of bullshit too.
0: I mean, I think I think so too. And this is, I think, what surprises me that nobody's brought this up to her. You know, it seems so glaringly offensive that I'm surprised that nobody's gone, hang on a minute, do you not have a problem with the title implying yeah yeah isn't it just a bit of a dick
1: move um well, maybe somebody did but she told them they were wrong <laughs> oh, i'm almost <laughs> certain that that's how it went probably um right. but yeah
0: i think wendy's a different breed i do think she's suffering from her own kind of overwhelm and i think this conversation that she has with eddie about whether or not she wants to go back to work is really interesting because i think it's something that i mean I I didn't have a... I was always self-employed, but I can imagine that it's something that anybody who has to go back to an office
1: goes through just at that point. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, here in the US, which is where Wendy is, um, most maternity leave is only for six weeks. I mean, that's So you're talking about making that decision, you know, when your baby's not even three months old and trying to figure that out And, and weighing the pros and cons. I mean... You know, I think what's interesting about Wendy is, like, this is her third baby, and this is when she's kind of really questioning whether she should go back. So, my assumption is she went back to work with each of her boys after that, and that was fine. And maybe with this third one, you know, because she was in the NICU, and it's been a a fairly harrowing um, experience that she's really kind of... Reevaluating what's important in her life yeah whether it is important for her to follow her parents dreams for her or maybe she's never really gotten to stop and think about what her own dreams are yeah
0: and it's it's really hard because there's two sides of this for me to this for me i believe in any woman woman's right to choose however she wants to operate like if she wants to be a working mom go do that if you want to be a stay-at-home mom power to you respect for both but I think what I worry about is women who are really accomplished and really love their job. And I get the feeling that Wendy is that accomplished, loved her job, very proud of her achievements. I worry that they that some women make the decision to stay home because there's this kind of narrative that says you can only be a good mom if you make ultimate sacrifices and you martyr yourself and you put yourself down. And I think there's this feeling that you should sacrifice your career sometimes to be a good mum, especially if you're hanging out with fucking people like Monique. Do I mean, you're going to be, that thing's going to be questioned, but... I don't mind what, any, what decision anybody makes, but I just want people to know that you can still be a great mum and work. And that doesn't mean that you have to do everything. That's not possible. You can still be a good mum, not always pick up your kids from school because you're working and still be a fucking great mum. But it's Absolute- this idea that working
1: mums have to do everything. Yeah, so my impression is a little bit different from where Wendy's coming from because I felt like she was talking more about she's always been raised to be like super academic, like like she has been raised to be a professor or a doctor or whatever. And that has kind of been the path that she's been following up until this point. Like she's on track, she's doing exactly what her parents talked about. And I feel like she's going through more of a thing like, fuck, is that really what I want to do? Yeah. Like- I, I've just been on this path so long. I don't even know if it's my own path anymore, and I feel like that's kind of more of what she's going through. I don't. I don't know. If, you know. I'm sure she's dealing with the societal stuff that we all do, but I feel for her. This is more of a like fuck, am I really doing what I want to do? Like, maybe I do just want to do the political correspondence and stay home and kind of do a half work, half home kind of thing. Is being a professor really what I want to do? And I feel like that's more of what she's evaluating. And I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with the kids because obviously she, you know, her baby girl is there and just came, you know, she just came out. But at the same time, I feel like this is probably a bigger thought process yeah. that she's been going through for a lot longer and never really realized that, never really stopped to think about whether the path that she was on was her path or just her parents' path for her.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think and I think that's exactly her decision process at the moment for sure. But it just, you know, I think Monique Samuels yeah, has just no, got I me g- fucking riled. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for total good reason. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And I feel like all of these things make it really difficult for you to kind of sit and evaluate your own decisions, to see if they really are your own.
0: Yeah, and I think you all go through that, right? Not. You
1: all go through a period of
0: that because inevitably you make decisions because you you've been told that those are the decisions that you should make and there comes a point where you do reevaluate and after you have a kid is a really generally a really right. good time to do that it's sort of a natural time to reassess um i'd be interested to see where she goes with that um but it is hard you do reassess and you do think is this the path i'm supposed to be on but the beauty of it is is then you realize actually it doesn't matter because i can always jump onto another path you know i can Absolutely. always make a change because the power is with you
1: hell to the yes
0: um and then We go to the wine tasting. Now, I, I mean, I am excited about next week.
1: I'm really excited about next week. I... I I felt like the beginning part of this wine tasting was a, was a little kind of crazy. I really liked how Ashley opened up to the girls and told them kind of the truth about her relationship with Michael and, again, how it's kind of always... They, they've had a little bit of a party side to their relationship that's never been super public. So she tells them about that. And she also kind of opens up where she thinks she could be pregnant again. <laughs> I mean, you can't fucking make this shit up. No, that's that's like a mic drop moment. Like yeah. I think I would have just, like swooned and hit the floor. <laughs> swooned if she had told me that. Like swooned
0: like a, a twenty <sighs> a nineteen twenties lady. Um, yeah, I know. It, I would it have is, caught the vapors. It is ridiculous, but I I'm with you. I really appreciate that she walks it. Like how many times have we seen housewives like dodge events because scandals have yeah. blown up? And Ashley does like <laughs> that happen. Richards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, But she doesn't do that. And I really love her tenacity and confidence and strength and ability to be vulnerable because that's what it is. When she walks into that room, she's being vulnerable because she knows that everybody knows about this shitstorm. And she's embarrassed and she's mortified and he's put her in a shitty situation. She has to explain it to the girls. But I love that she tells the truth. And I love actually that the girls are generally pretty supportive. I mean, you know, Monique, let's forget about her. But generally the girls are really supportive. And I love that Ashley just deals with it head on and and does it like that. And I think that takes a real strength
1: of character. Well and almost it makes it a non-issue, right? Right. Like how the hell can they talk behind her back if she's walked in been like, yep, this is what happened. This is what we've discussed. This is where it's at. Like you can't really talk shit about people if they walk in and do it that way.
0: No, she's, she nails it. And she's really, she's really grown up. And you would think that that might be the most dramatic thing that would happen at this wine
1: tasting. (laughs) It's like the least dramatic thing that happens at this wine tasting. Literally,
0: (laughs) it's the least dramatic thing. Because in a hot minute, and I don't even really know where it all came. I I mean, I I can't tell you exactly where it started. But before we know it, Monique and Candice are literally, like, fucking bobcats with each other.
1: Yeah, so this is what happened. I think, like, Candace called Monique out about pretending not to sleep, or pretending to sleep, and she was like, you weren't oh, yeah. fucking... Prete- like, you were pretending, blah, blah, blah. Then Monique claps back with, like, well, if you were a mom, you'd understand. Oh, my God, I forgot about that bit. And then they, they each, like, kind of have conversations about the other one, but not to each other. And then... A finger gets put in somebody's face. Somebody doesn't like that. So the other person starts flipping the hair. And I think that's when it erupts in chaos. I mean,
0: it's, it, it it's, this is why we watch The Housewives, though, right? Hell, like, how long yes. is it since we've had a proper fist fight? It's been ages Fuck. since Atlanta. I mean, and that was shit. This is a really yeah. good one. I'm here for it. I mean, I don't like to see women beating each other up. But frankly, I really hope Candace gets a, you know i was gonna say gets a butter knife and does a better job obviously i'm not <laughs> obviously i'm not like condoning violence no but nobody maybe, actually wants maybe someone like to be a good slap harmed. on the face
1: you know yeah, just like well, a I reset Monique, slap
0: like you know almost absolutely. like a turn it off and on again see if she works a yeah bit better. yeah
1: give her a little 2020 bitch slap yeah <laughs> that's what we need like Because, you know what? Monique has been talking so much shit. Like, she needs someone to smack reality into her just a little bit. Her comments are fucking rude. She thinks everybody's out to get her. It's like, dude, you need to stop and clean house. Yeah, she thinks everybody's better. uh, She thinks she's better than everybody. Yeah. Um,
0: And I am not surprised that it is starting to piss people off. And I'm not surprised that Candice is done. And Giselle talks a little bit about how essentially this is all coming back to, is it Sharice? Yes. Sharice and the trainer and that stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. And obviously Candace has now said she's not going to do
1: the live podcast. I do not blame her. Well, to be really frank, why would you invite Candace on a Not For Lazy Moms podcast? She's not a mom. Clearly. She, she, is, she cannot speak to anything about being in a honeymoon phase with a baby, no. She's not a mom.
0: No. And also, you've not been nice to her. Like, I'm not being no. funny. But I do other people's podcasts. And if they treated me like that before I went to do Fuck their podcast, there's literally no fucking way I would do their podcast. No. Agreed. Because I'm, I only do people's podcasts who I like. Well, and she's not paying her. Like, I mean, I, no. I'm going to hazard a guess and say she's definitely not paying her. So Candace is doing this as a favor. Yeah. It's like a
1: publicity favor, right? Like, to get people to it. To to sell the tickets. You haven't earned a fucking favor. So... I'm firmly nah. on team Candace with this whole thing. I would not do the fucking live podcast of, with somebody who fucking hates me and takes every opportunity to, to talk shit about me because that's all it would be, right? It'd be a bunch of backhanded comments, you feeling stupid because you're sitting in front of a fucking live audience. I'm sure Monique would not have been nice to her the whole time. No. Monique can't do that. She'll make some slight comment about it. It. She,
0: she hasn't even had a honeymoon yet or whatever it. Is. Right. Like, no, it just... It baffles me that Monique has the audacity to call Candice unprofessional um, in this situation. But her lack of self-awareness is just off the scale. It's ridiculous. Off the scale. Anyway, we'll see the fist fight play out next week,
1: which I'm here for. I'm really excited. Um, Oh, me too. I can't wait to actually see what happens there's been a lot of blurriness but like i want like a breakdown so maybe we can give you a breakdown next week that's it i want a slow mo While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching.
0: And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves, so there's lots of personal stuff on there too if you want to get to know us better.
1: So head on over to Patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose okay so
0: thanks for listening to that bearing with us with our lovely ads uh let's move on to below deck med
1: oh man i was gonna say there's a great segue about people being fuckheads between monique and tom because it's literally the first thing i wrote on my notes about below deck med tom is a fuckhead
0: i wrote literally the first thing i wrote was tom still being a cunt So Jesus, we are on the same page. Yeah, I have never seen a grown man be such a fucking baby.
1: You know, like I get him kind of explode. Like there's some part of me that kind of gets like it was annoying to be woken up to slice up some some cucumbers and all that shit. But as a grown up, you have to let shit go. Like everything was fucked up. There was no communication. Fine. Done. Move the fuck on. Tom can't move the fuck on. No, we're going to have to be hearing about these cucumbers until the very (laughs) fucking last episode.
0: I mean, I I don't know if you saw my stories on Instagram, but I genuinely was just like, this is going to be a special episode of polls for Below Deck Med. And it's going to be called what was Tom whinging about this time? And basically it was just pictures of Tom with all the things that he was whinging about, whether it was the fucking fish or the cucumbers or Sandy or early guests or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, he just doesn't let it fucking go.
1: No, he's a big baby. I understand the only thing that I can be cool with him whinging about is the fish. Like serving people fish that's been fucking warmed up. Is not cool. Like that's just like a recipe for fucking food poisoning. Totally right. Like but that's a fair enough whinge, but you deal with it and then you move on, right? It's the whinging. It's not the complete. It's yeah. not even having a no. problem with it. It's just. His, yeah.
0: It's always like, mm-hmm, and then it and, it's patient, and I can't have it, and it's just annoying. It's just the whinging. It's like yeah. when my three-year-old comes, to, four-year-old now comes to me, and she's like. Mm-hmm, yeah, no. I'm like, I will have this conversation. But for the love of God, you need to change your tone. And he's yeah. just always, oh, it's grating. And I don't know how Malia puts up with it. Every time it's, she sees him, he's like, um, this, is, this has happened. And then this has happened. And now, can you believe it? This, I didn't even get a nap. Just shut the fuck up.
1: It's not hot, dude. It does not get the juices flowing to have your dude whining at you no no my knickers Makes are not fizzy and, die.
0: and neither will malias be well neither are malias no. she has uh confirmed publicly that her and tom right. are no longer an item she has kept the reasons behind that private but i think we can all assume it's because he's a big fat baby um <laughs> <laughs> and she's sick of hearing him whinge i don't know just yes just a guess um yeah But, well, let's do a little chat about this, though, because there was some... I mean, some shit's gone down between
1: Malia and Sandy this week, hasn't it? Yeah. I feel like this year's Captain Sandy is not past year's Captain Sandy by any means. Like, she's really doing a lot of things that make me question her integrity and just common sense. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm starting to see... Aside to
0: Sandy, that just is a bit of a bitch. Yeah, I'm say that. Just, I mean, just cool. a bit. Just a bit. I mean, mean it's girls. our podcast.
1: You you say what you like on our podcast. You
0: are right. I can say what I like. She's just kind yeah. of a bitch, and I don't. You may or may not have heard this. Um, and Reagan alerted me to the sort of announcement that Malia put out on her Instagram, right. uh, and she referenced Captain Sandy's cameo. And uh, apparently, in a cameo, Captain Sandy said that. Malia was secretly gay, at least that's what she'd thought anyway, and then was like laughing, going, oh, this is public, isn't it? And then said, I crack myself up.
1: Okay, so so here's my question, because I bought you a cameo, and it's fairly straightforward, like the things that you, you know, can talk about. Like, I got it for your birthday, so I made it very birthday-focused. They're like little drop-downs that you can do. Why would she ever talk shit about somebody in a cameo. It's baffling. And also Malia in
0: her uh, announcement has said, I, you know, if I was gay, then I would be out and proud about it. But also yeah. if I was gay, it is not Captain Sandy's right to out anybody for any reason. You don't do that. And she's right. And Captain Sandy is gay herself. Like surely there's right. some sort of fucking code of conduct that you get on fucking board
1: with when you've experienced this shit it's fucking human decency like obviously if you had the you know freedom to come out publicly to the entire world whenever you wanted to that's your choice that's your decision i would have thought as a women as you know a strong lesb proud lesbian woman she would have been like even if she had thought that never come out publicly and say it because if Malia is gay it's it's her fucking right to come out when she wants to but it's like it's like rule 101 yeah of of like being
0: gay you have absolute full control over when and how you come out that is not anybody else's thing to do so no. regardless of whether Malia is gay it shouldn't even be a topic that's in captain sandy's mouth like it shouldn't be no. even on the radar especially not in a cameo that somebody else has paid her to make for somebody else it's so fucking right? weird anyway you can't see it anymore it's obviously been removed from yeah. um, every single platform possible but i did get the the quotes which were basically what i said before and and yeah yeah I, it's baffling to me that captain sandy would have said anything about that
1: yeah no it it makes no goddamn sense to me at all why you'd even try like even like why would you talk about anybody else in your cameo like no it doesn't make any sense um
0: so that was a little segue between um yeah we took a little you know detour off into some kind of topical shit um but essentially getting back to tom he oh oh that's hilarious i love that you just accidentally from a car (laughs) um that has made my day we should incorporate that as some sort of um series like honk your horn if right i don't know we should come up with something anyway we'll come up with something tom even gives sandy the cold shoulder i mean nobody is exempt from tom's sulk no but i love the conversation sandy kind of pinpoints what we've been talking about a lot with the
1: dynamic between malia and tom right yeah. So she pulls her over and has a word with her about how she needs to stop saving and filtering for Tom. Like, if Tom has a problem, he needs to go to the captain. The captain has a problem, she needs to go to Tom. Malia needs to mind her business and do her job. And I, this was kind of the one thing I agreed with Captain Sandy doing probably this entire season is like, she finally stepped in and was like, get the fuck out of the kitchen. Yes. Yeah, it's not your job.
0: She's absolutely right. And, you know, and I can, I understand Malia. She's, you know, she feels responsible. But those feelings, they're never great, by the way. If you're feeling responsible no. for somebody else's, like, experience or somebody else's happiness, then that's... You, they are not positive feelings. They do not make you good, no. kind of people. They make you very codependent people, and that's too much pressure for anybody to take. And I think is definitely buckling under the strain. And Sandy's absolutely right. She's like, leave him to it. I don't care if he walks. If he needs to walk, he can fucking walk. But it is not your responsibility. And then... Um, and Malia can't get it. She can't, she, she's like, but no, it is my responsibility. She doesn't get it. Well,
1: I feel like Malia feels that Tom did her a favor. And I feel like this is where the dynamic kind of got fucked up. Like Tom's not doing Malia the favor by being on the boat. He took a job with Captain Sandy that he is being paid for that he could have very, very easily said no to. So I feel like Malia has like burdened herself with this thought that he's doing it for her. And it's like, no, like he took a job. He didn't want to take it. He didn't have to take it. Well, you and know? I think
0: he's it makes burdening it her with that a little bit as well. Absolutely. Like I think he's sort of yeah. saying, you know, I'm here for you. And that's bullshit. Right. No, you're here for you. You made the decision. Yes. Yeah. You know, obviously it means we get to spend more time together, but you could have said no. And right. And I do feel familiar on that. You know, of course I do. It's tricky. Right. Um, right. And I think it takes a certain amount of life experience and a certain amount of shitty experiences before you can get to a point where you can separate that shit and put that boundary in place. So I, I yeah. feel for her. But I also love that Captain Sandy kind of gives him a public ribbing for it in the tip meeting. Oh, he so
1: deserved it.
0: And and in some ways, I guess you could argue that it was unprofessional. But actually, I think his, his conduct had been so unprofessional That she used her kind of position to make that clear. And I think she did that really, really well. But his face... Oh my God, his face when she did it. It was like, it would have curdled fucking milk.
1: (laughs) I loved it. I'm so glad she fucking called him out. Like, it's not right. And she's called other people out in those meetings before. So he's not immune to it. He's doing nobody a favor. He took a job. He's being paid. He just needs to do it. Exactly. He's getting tipped too. He's getting
0: paid and tipped. But you know what he does afterwards? He goes back and whinges some more about the fact that she just did that. Uh. It's so painful. It's not hot, Tom. It's not hot. It's so far from being hot. Um, Is there? I mean, is there anything else to talk about apart from Tom? There is.
1: There's a couple of things. Um, We find out, and I kind of wonder this about Jess. So we find out that Jess like hasn't had a sexual relationship in two years, and part of me wonders if that's why she's being a little nuts with Tom. In what way? Do you mean that, like Rob? Yeah. Like she doesn't really know how to act. She's a bit needy. Like, I feel like, I don't know. You mean she's like kind of out
0: of practice.
1: She's not like built up her relationship muscle, if you like. Right, right. Her relationship muscle is a bit flaccid and she needs to like (laughs) exercise it to get it back up and running. And... I tell you what wasn't nuts. flaccid
0: <laughs> something wasn't flaccid because it was making her make all sorts of noises and listen oh my I am gosh. listen I'm here for a woman to make all the fucking noises that she wants in the middle of some passionate tryst you do you babe but I I'm not sure that I wanted to hear it
1: no I I think we could have done without that yeah from the production team
0: mind you maybe the production team are like listen if
1: we have to fucking listen to it then you have to listen to it too you all have to share in our discomfort and pain (laughs) anyway she's now
0: had sex again uh for the first time in two years that's clear um you know rob strikes me as a very giving lover but mostly because I feel like he wants people to talk about how wonderful he is rather than like, he right. actually cares. Like, oh,
1: he's so sensitive. He does everything for, like, yeah, he's, he's such, such a giver and Such a generous lover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I have never, you ever said anything? Have you ever said that about anybody? I mean, I never no. have.
0: No. I mean, even if I have had uh relationships where i felt like they were pretty attentive yeah
1: i, I, I don't want to talk a about generous that. lover <laughs> <laughs> maybe that deserves a honk on the uh yeah. honk, the horn and honk the again
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but let's oh, let's finish up with bugsy and alex because can i just say the highlight of this below deck med season for me has been bugsy i mean i know listen i know she's not like the most exciting but there's something so genuinely sweet and good about her and she's such a fucking hard worker and i can never help but love a grafter and she's been such a great manager and i feel like i'm personally invested in her happiness i want her to be happy and i feel like alex is the guy to make it happen excuse me to make it happen. But she's scared.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it all boils down to. And it made me so sad for Alex. Cause I just oh, want to be like, Alex, hang in there. You know why she's doing this. She's just a little freaked out. It's not you. It's her. No. And Malia gets
0: it wrong. Malia's like, Oh, Tom's way more into Bugsy than, sh- than Bugsy's into Alex. I don't yeah, think that's right. No. I think Bugsy's really into Alex. I think she's just terrified. And I think Alex can see that, which is why yeah. I think he's probably going to, you know, like just let her be and give her some time, but stay there. But I don't yeah. know if you noticed, but on Bugsy's Instagram, her and Alex were hanging out today, yesterday.
1: Ooh.
0: Now it did look a bit like it was a catch, Friends. a catch up. But uh. I'm hoping it isn't. I'm really hoping. That Me too.
1: Together. I want them to get the. To- I want them to get together because I think ultimately they've been the best people on a boat. That I have probably ever seen. Just like, yeah, positive, uplifting, having a good time with their fucking job. I'm so tired of watching people bitch about their jobs. If you don't like your job, go get a fucking different one.
0: Yeah, and I mean, listen, I know, I know, yachting's hard. Like, I get it. Yeah. You're up early, you work hard, you down late, It's exhausting. It's nonstop. But you're still on a fucking mega yacht in the mega yacht mega yacht in the middle mega of yacht. the Mediterranean Ocean, like. It's not right. that bad. You could be in the fucking co-op bagging groceries. Like, right? let's just take a moment to recognize our fucking privilege and be grateful for the shit that we have and just stop whinging about how hard your job is.
1: Exactly. And I feel like Bugsy and Alex both do not do that. I feel like they wake up in like a positive mood. They make every day count. They just want to get on and like do a great job and have fun. And I think that comes out in their interactions with people. I think it comes out in like Bugsy's tablescapes. Alex, I think is going to be the one that's going to be named lead deckhand. At least I hope so. If yeah, not, then I, Malia's crazy. Sure. I'm sure he crazy. But I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like they just show up every day and they do what they need to do and they have a good time doing it. And it's really nice to see people like that. And so I think for that reason is why I want them to get together because it's like, they're great. They are totally normal, minimal
0: baggage. Just get on with it. Recognize their privilege and they're grateful for the shit that they've got. And that's all that you could ask for, right?
1: Yeah. Um, Yes, it is. And then
0: before, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. To Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And this, my friend, is fucking fascinating. Oh, yes. Because this is, whether you've watched it or not, um, you'll notice that this is one of the first shows that we're seeing where coronavirus is emerging while it's being filmed. So we are seeing, and it's given me chills kind of talking about it, gave me chills watching it. We're seeing kind of this BC, this kind of before coronavirus version of humanity that doesn't fucking exist anymore
1: no it doesn't and it was really interesting because there were parts of this show where i was like she sounds like kind of a dick and then i had to like check myself and be like oh no i feel that way because i'm peace i'm what post or dc yeah. during coronavirus where we know loads more about it and a lot more has happened and in all actuality i was in england in march yeah Visiting with you and that was kind of right before everything really kicked off and I probably felt the same way. It was like, well, should we go? Well, we don't really know what's going on and flights aren't canceled. So we went and then, you know, everything started shutting when we flew back. But, um... Yeah, it was just really interesting to me. I had to check myself a lot because there were some times where I was just like, Kim's getting on my fucking goddamn nerves, like banging on about, oh, it's going to delay the fashion show. Like the fashion show is like the most important thing in the world. But then I had to like check myself and be like, we were all in that headspace yeah, back then.
0: And it's and it's mind-blowing to sort of see, like yeah. obviously the shows that we've been watching up until, now, up until now where coronavirus hasn't been a thing, it's almost easier to kind of compartmentalize that. But when you see it at the boundary if you like when you see it at yeah. that crossover period you realize how little we fucking knew right and there's part of me that wants to go back in time to that and just go you've got no idea what's coming like it's yeah in 2 months time your entire life will have been turned up on its head right and it's so fascinating to watch and to have that documented and i'm so pleased that they that they have continued it and I know that it's going to be a slightly shorter season right. and I know that they go into a lot of kind of own filming stuff but um, and it looks like Scott maybe comes down with that I know that I think one I of think the go, I think it. Chloe gets it I think too, Chloe does too which is ironic because yeah. they're the
1: only two that didn't go to Paris right <laughs> I mean, it really surprised me that Courtney got on that plane, knowing how she is about like germs and possible sickness and, you know, always kind of getting out of things, like not really wanting to participate. Yeah, me too. I'm really surprised she got on that plane. I was as well. Like, I thought she'd be the first one to bail. I did also think
0: that those Balmain outfits that turned up were pretty handy. I mean, yeah. The if you wanted coronavirus to avoid virus, outfit, just cover yourself. Just wipe a latex. Wipe yourself <laughs> off. Antibacterial <laughs> wipe all over. I watching mean, her
1: put that thing on just like started making me feel so claustrophobic like I could not wear something that like I mean I could wear like latex pants I could maybe even wear a latex top but like it going over my fingertips and like <laughs> no I can't it, it, it just it made me feel all sorts of sweaty and uncomfortable
0: but also like what's the betting that she definitely got thrushed after
1: wearing that all day <laughs> oh, yeah well do you remember there was an episode of the real housewives of Beverly Hills where Erica put on the Latex, and she was like, "You need to lube yourself up. That's the only way to put on latex." Oh
0: yeah, it was when they're in Berlin, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. When she had that like brilliant like red Bad-ass top, and yeah, she, yeah, looked, she looked amazing. Um, um, but I feel like they did not lube up Miss Kardashian. They did not lube up Miss Kardashian. I mean, but fair play to
0: her. She got in it and she oh, stayed fuck, in me. it. There was just no way I mean, I couldn't. In heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. But yeah, it is really fascinating and I'm so excited to see this play out and to see the impact that it has. Because I think when we went through it, because you're living it, you don't really realize. But I think watching it again is actually going to be really interesting and maybe even a little bit kind of anxiety inducing, to be honest. Because it's like there's so much in me that, that just sometimes wishes we could just forget it ever happened and go back to how it was
1: yeah no i'm i'm with you and i think it'll be interesting watching it with hindsight too because i think that always makes things more interesting and being like get out while you can you're gonna be home (laughs) forever that's
0: what it's like it's like watching a scary movie right when you know that the bad guy's behind the curtain (laughs) it's like that go away just go away don't don't do that don't do that that's how it feels like it's it Oh, it's weird, but I'm excited and I'm here for it. The other thing that we have this week, of course, which is one of the joyful things about the Kardashians, is their love of pranks. And this Chris prank continues. And honestly,
1: God love this family and their prank, prankish natures. I had no idea Kris Jenner was such a good actress. The way she went off on Kim when like, like you guys have all watched it. So like Kim ends up like revealing to her that it's all a prank because... Chris is pretending she's going to check herself into the Betty Ford Clinic and all this stuff. Like, the, the prank just evolves. It, it is the all-time most greatest prank in the world. But the way Chris went off on Kim when she told her it was a prank was fucking genius. She
0: was absolutely brilliant. And you could just feel like Kim... You know how Kim sometimes just gets into that mode where she's like, I'm not fucking taking the full frisk. And she's just going to make sure yeah, everybody yeah. knows but the way the way chris delivered it was just beautiful and the fact that scott could sit there with a straight face was was just as impressive they're all amazing they are it's joyful i wish i could i wish i lived with people who were into pranks but Jimmy is just like, so not into pranks. <laughs> like, even if I try and TikTok him, he's like, "Yeah, no. Even if it's a nice TikTok that he's not, do you know what I mean? But it's me saying he's lovely. Yeah. He's like,
1: no. He's a pretty good sport about those things though, for the well, ones that you do get. Well, you notice there haven't been any for a yeah. while. There's a reason. He's put the kibosh. Um, my husband would not be down with them as well. I have to be in a pranky mood to really get involved in a prank. Like I have to be in the right space because if I'm not like, I'm not having it either. Yeah.
0: You're a bit like Jimmy. I have to say I wouldn't prank you or Jimmy. Yeah. I, or no, I, I, <laughs>
1: See, I, I, you know what? I think I'd be a good sport of a prank if we were like away and like in vacation mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. I can do those pranks. I can't do pranks that are gonna fuck up like whatever semblance of some sort of schedule that I happen to have, especially these days. <laughs> no, no, no. You it can't have it right fuck with your real
0: life. But I think if you if you could come up with a prank that was like a safe prank, but holiday funny. based, holiday. Yeah, yeah. We'd be fine. <laughs> anyway, I think I'll stay away from pranking just in general. There you go. Just to be on the safe side. Um, And then, of course, Chris and Corey get a dog. I mean, I feel like, is that 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 done? Yeah,
1: I don't even know if we need to talk about it or not. I did like how, though, she kind of dropped the ball with the responsibility. So he just started, like, lavishing attention on the dog. And it fucking made her super, like, cross and like jealous of the dog. I thought that was hilarious. That that's all it took. Like it took all, like him just taking the dog to lunch and lavishing attention on that dog made her that jealous.
0: I know it's ridiculous, but I mean, what did he expect? Like, what did he genuinely expect? That Chris Jenner was going to make time to go dog training. Fuck off.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you doing, Corey? I mean, I think he does have a job. I'm not quite sure, but it also for me made me wonder just how much attention he must lavish on her. That oh. like that tiny bit of not having that attention made the difference.
0: Oh, I think he is incredibly attentive. And I genuinely yeah. believe that it's you know, that it's a really strong relationship. But um I mean I don't think Jimmy's ever opened a car door for me.
1: I think Elijah did when we were dating. Fucking 110 billion years ago.
0: <laughs> I mean, and I honestly, honestly don't think Jimmy's ever sweet
1: 21 year old piece of ass. <laughs> yeah, there is no way Jimmy has walked around a car and opened a door for me. Do you know what I mean? And the fact never. that like he do- no, I think- has he opened a door for you to get in a taxi?
0: Yeah. Do you know what? Maybe to get into a car, he might yeah. have done it. Certainly, never getting out of a car. But also, yeah. I'm not the type of woman that waits in a car for a man to open just the door, open the so I just door. get out of the car. So just,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's probably the real reason behind it. Fair enough. Next time, you should just sit in the car and see how long it takes him to come and open your door.
0: Oh, don't. I just did that with a stair pile. You know, like oh, no. you leave something. Yeah. <laughs> I just did it with a fucking stair it pile. It never works out. And do you know what I did as well? I left my stuff because I thought, I wonder if somebody else... Decides to pick up my stuff and put it away, like I pick up everybody else's stuff and put it away, or whether yeah, they no. just walk past it. um That stair pile was there for three weeks, three motherfucking weeks, and then we had a fight about something else. And then me, like a really the stair pile came really up. like <laughs> ma- really mature wife went, well, and by the way, that stair pile's been there for three weeks and nobody's fucking moved it um so that went down really well <laughs> yeah. anyway
1: totally undermines our message sometimes like <laughs> really try to do something <laughs> i'm such a joy to and live then you with. just act like a baby <laughs>
0: oh man oh, well man. listen that's um that's us for this week
1: that's it
0: uh, three shows three shows that's we, it Have we are we three yeah. shows next week too
1: I think we are. I will have to double check. Um, Next month, Below Deck is coming back with Captain Lee. So that's gotten an October release date. So we will never be without Below Deck, which is something I'm quite happy about. I am so here for that. And Below Deck has done really well out of lockdown, as has Selling Sunset,
0: as has all of these shows. They've all done really, really well. Um, So I'm excited for you. And I fucking love
1: Captain Lee. Um, Who doesn't?
0: But yes, that's us. So listen, guys, have a great week. Always feel free to get in touch. You guys have been all over our Instagram this week, which we love. So thank you for doing that. Um, And in the meantime, have a great week. And remember,
1: smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims.